DJ Susie. There you go. Ah, fantastic. 6.01 and 6.02 <laughs> here at Radio Free Brooklyn, and which means that you are just about to start uh, listening to Sitting with Jan Luca. I am Jan Luca. I will be sitting with you till 7 p.m. And uh, sitting with me today is Jim Flynn, author and musician. But today he's going to be author for the time being. He might play a couple of songs later. I'll see if I can twist his arm but um you know this time is uh this weekend the new orleans jazz and heritage festival is going to start for the 50th year so uh i wanted to um it's a big party in new orleans all all the great bands uh fly down to new orleans but also all the great local bands in new orleans strut their stuff and shake their tail feathers around town and at the fairgrounds and it's really uh if you've listened to me before, you know that I am devoted to New Orleans and uh, New Orleans. All, let's see, all black urban music started in New Orleans. All of it, from jazz to R&B and funk and everything in between. So uh, we all owe it a very special debt. So in the honor, I thought I'd bring uh, Jim Flynn down because he wrote a really wonderful book on street performers in New Orleans. They're all over the place down there. And Jim, a few years ago, uh, uh, went down there and uh, spent a few months just hanging out with street musicians and writing them in their own words. And uh, so he's going to come down and we're both going to talk about what he is down and we're both going to talk about New Orleans. I should have you say, hello, Jim. I'm doing all the talking. Hello, Jim. How are you doing? Hey, what's up, John? Luke? How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing all right. Thank you for coming down anyway. It's uh, it's the 50th anniversary of New Orleans Jazz Fest. How about that? Oh, I wish I were there. Yeah, me too. Uh, well, you've been, you've done it. Yeah, I was down there for for a while. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. When was that? So, side book, sidewalk saints is the name of your book. Let me turn that microphone around. There you go. So, sidewalk saints. Yeah, sidewalk saints started off. It was originally going to be about the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, and I went around and got some stories of some people who were doing some recovery work down there. But then uh, I kind of realized that uh, the true story in New Orleans was more about. Um, uh, you know, when, just beyond Katrina, and I really got interested in talking to some street performers down there. Yeah. And um, hanging out with the brass band scene. I mean, it's one of the most incredible places in the United States where you can go out and uh, go to a second live parade where you have 10-piece brass bands that uh, move yeah. around the city, and there's, it has its own dances, and it has its own culture. And, uh, you know, you, see, you also see a lot of that, what comes from the, the best brass bands in New Orleans. They learn it on the street. They learn it by playing... Uh, you know, in front of an empty case on Jackson Square, hanging out on Bourbon Street, and I wanted to uh, to look at that and see what what the roots of that really look like. Uh, you know, um, there's a quite a well known uh, R and B 
singer called Mark Broussard. He, he tours quite a lot. And I remember him telling to me something that I'll never forget years ago. He said to me, he said, if you're from Louisiana, you either cook or you play music. <laughs> and that's kind of it in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, anything, uh, I don't understand people go to New Orleans, they don't see any music. And I never did quite understand that. It's I don't like, know how you can go to New Orleans and not see any music. If you're going to be, uh, you know, in the French Quarter, if you're going to be anywhere where, um, you know, people uh, come to the city, you're going to see people out on the streets. Yeah. Um, and you're going to see varying levels of uh, performance ability. Some of the most interesting interviews I did were with, um, you know, some of the kids who put little uh, tin cans on their shoes and stomp around on Bourbon Street. Um, and there's also, you know, you have uh, traveling um, train hopper kids who come through yeah. and play old hobo music. Yeah. You have uh, the people who've been in uh, in the city forever doing, uh, you know, their own traditional um, type of brass band music. And you have uh, lots of blues and lots of, uh, there's a lot of swing music that's yeah. going on down there now. Um, you know, uh, uh, I've noticed in all the times that I've gone down there that in New Orleans, um, well, first of all, New Orleans is, is really not part of the United States of America, really. When you're down there, well, certainly pre-Katrina, now it's kind of uh, the roof's been torn off it and everyone's, go, a lot of people are moving there. But before Katrina and in the few years after Katrina, including when you were down there, uh, it really was its own microcosm. It, the people in uh, New Orleans never particularly left New Orleans, and everyone had their own way of uh, moving and of talking and of doing everything. And one of the things that they did differently than anywhere else in the world is that everything is done outdoors. So uh, you mentioned Second Line, right? And Second Line is is a funeral, and in our in other cultures, funerals and grieving is rather done behind closed doors the caskets put away and all the family retreat and gather and stay inwards. Well, in New Orleans, everyone is in the street and everyone does a parade when someone passes away, right? Absolutely, absolutely. They say you cry when a baby's born and you celebrate when you, when you go back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the second line. You mentioned the second line. Everything is done um, in the street including playing music. No one actually practices music behind closed doors. As soon as you're older, big enough to pick up a guitar or a snare drum or a trumpet, you're in a parade, right? Oh, you're going to hear it. I mean, uh, the first time I was in New Orleans, I was wondering um, what kind of strange recorder music I was hearing, and I followed it, and I followed it for miles and miles and miles, and then finally I got to the calliope uh-huh. on the steamboat, and that thing is loud. <laughs> um, you know, if you're going to be in New Orleans, you're going to hear some music, and you better like it. It's going to be nice if you... Uh, well, you're into those type of uh, <laughs> you'd better type like, of sounds. You'd better like it because you're not going to hear anything else. We, I'm going to stick a pin in it for now and just pause um, and play and play the patron saint of New Orleans, Professor Long. So, so when I was saying that all um, black urban music comes from New Orleans, I wasn't really making it up. There's a corner of Rampart and Dumain, uh, which is now a laundromat, and that was the first ever recording studio, actually, with the first ever session bands. People talk about uh, Stax Records and people talk about uh, um, uh, the L.A. Uh, session people. And uh, But actually, in the 40s, what was now a laundromat, that little back room was a recording studio. And that little back room had a session band. This is, I'm going back to like 1946, 7 up to, to 52 and around there. And... Uh, uh, these are some of the tunes that came. I'm going to play just a couple, but um, just to get people in the mood. But this is a patron saint of unofficial 
patron saint. Well, unofficial unless you're a New Orleanian. <laughs> and then is the official patron saint of New Orleans, the great Professor Longhair. This is a track that actually was recorded direct to disc. And it is possibly the New Orleans national anthem. Um, the uh, There's a club name after this song. Jazz Fest, that's now it's in 50th year, was originally made... Uh, to celebrate this man's music. So here is Professor Longhair, the official for New Orleans, patron saint of New Orleans, with the New Orleans National Anthem, Tipitina. Let's see if I can get this working. Yeah, here we go. Oh, is that right? Oh, I'm going to start that again. Let's see if I can get that working. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to backtrack. Check this out, because this is live radio. Uh, people that listen to Sitting with Gianluca are very used to this by now. Uh, all right, here we go. The patron saint of New Orleans singing the New Orleans national anthem, <laughs> Professor Longhair and Tipitina. Oh, look at that. We have a malfunction in the studio. Not to worry. Let me go to plan B, which would be this. Third time lucky. What'd you say, Jim? I think we got it, man. You think we got it? If worse comes to worse, I can I can play it on the harp. Can you really? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm tempted to have you say yes. Why did you do an intro? You want to do an intro on the harp? Yeah. And I'll bring it up, and then we'll fade smoothly, like the true professionals sure. that we are. We will fade truly through a. Uh... Come on. Oh yes. <laughs>
Is the great, the great, inimitable Dr. John MacRebernack, Dr. John, and that's a track uh, by uh, called uh, Big Chief, and that originally was by uh, Professor Longhair, uh, of which we just heard beforehand doing the uh, patron saint of New Orleans. I call him. There is, you know, there's a club in New Orleans called Tipitina. Uh Alan Toussaint, the late Alan Toussaint, who uh, legendary late Alan Toussaint, maybe the most famous songwriter to come out and producer to come out in New Orleans, used to say that his favourite ever song ever was Tipitina. And um, and he was an acolyte of Professor Longhair, uh, as was Mac Rabinac, who we just heard, Big Chief. That's a Mardi Gras Indian tune. And if you go into Tipitina, the uh, club um, in uptown New Orleans for a gig, there's a bust of Professor Longhair at the entrance. And everyone... Uh, uh, touches the top of his head. You've been there, Jim? You've been oh, there, absolutely, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you touch the top of Fess's head. And uh, and that brings you luck. So uh, the other thing, uh, it, it's kind of timely, actually, because in the last 48 hours, they discovered... So Professor Longhair, uh, his house burnt down um, about two... Just before Jazz Fest in 1974. So the whole of New Orleans, all the New Orleans music community pulled together and they threw a fundraising concert for him in a warehouse uh, uptown 
and everyone was there. Alan Toussaint, Dr. John played there. Um, the Meters played there. The uh, Wild Magnolias played there. And uh, a whole ton of um, Earl King played there. And um, it was to raise money to build Fess's uh, house again, to rebuild Fess's house. And those tapes, it was recorded and they disappeared and they just found them and they're being re-released. Ooh, as a five CD box set. Just be a great show. It was a great show. So anyway, uh, I'm going off on a humongous tangent. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Jan Luca talking, waxing lyrical about New Orleans. And uh, But I have a guest. By the way, the show is sitting with Jan Luca. I'm Jan Luca. I will be sitting with you till 7 p.m. We're on Radio Free Brooklyn. With me is Jim Flynn, who wrote a book, a really good book, many, many years ago. Still available. Sidewalk Saints, right? Sidewalk Saints, yeah. It's um, what it is. It's a collection of uh, two or three page first person oral histories with New Orleans street performers. Yeah. I started collecting them around two thousand eight, and um, most of the early performers that I that I interviewed were um, people who performed on Royal Street with string oh. bands or um, some of the traveling kids to get into the the New Orleans brass band scene and really talk to some of the hot brass bands. I had to yeah. earn my stripes a little bit. Uh, one of the, one of the most prominent uh, street brass bands, TBC brass band. I remember it was uh, a year that I would, it took me to interview him from the time that I really? actually first started talking to him. And, um, it happened, uh, I, I was able to interview them because I was living in a warehouse where they had a bunch of, uh, donated musical instruments. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was invited to live there by, uh, Peter Spring of the Stephen Spring Foundation. And um, I got to live inside this warehouse with donated musical instruments. And I uh, was able to invite brass bands to my house to practice. Ah. And uh, it was great. I mean, there was no way that I, that I wasn't going to make, be able to make a connection with, with the bands, uh, you know, with that, those type of resources. And um, when I first started talking to Tubi continued brass band, they were yeah. 19, 20 years old. And now they're in their early thirties and um, doing a lot of gigs around new Orleans. Uh, you can catch them. Um, at um celebration hall they have shows there i believe it's i believe it's every thursday i've, I've uh, been to new orleans and seen them and it's just the most amazing uh party that you can see uh, with with a 10-piece brass band there's nothing else in the world that sounds like a, so, a new orleans 10-piece band so why were they so cagey about having you having you know you i think anything? there's there's a lot of times where people have come down to new orleans from new york yeah Snatched up a whole bunch of New Orleans culture, and oh, yeah. you know the next thing you know, it's a it's a number one music hit, and um, yeah. nobody's getting paid for their art. So there's there's a wariness about that. There's a wariness about people who want to exploit New Orleans culture just for a financial gain and, and be gone. Oh, so you're not referring only to TCB Brass Band. You're referring to all the street musicians. Yeah, were a bit wary I think about. I think the more established that a musician was, and the more that they were entrenched in New Orleans culture, they're, yeah. They were a little, they were, you know, they were kind of dismissive of just, I'm a, I'm a six foot five white dude coming down from New York with a tape recorder. And that's yeah. not always your friend. Oh, right. Yeah. And, um, Whitey comes into town for a few months, uh, records a lot of cool stuff, runs back up to the Northeast, makes a million dollars out of a book, right? Was absolutely. That- yeah. Um, so they wanted, they wanted to be sure that I was there All for, right. uh, you know, with committed purposes. And I was glad that I, the first person in TBC brass band that I was, that I was going to talk to is, um that I actually had the chance to talk to was Brandon Franklin. He played the saxophone for them uh-huh. and he showed up at the warehouse practice. Um, unbeknownst to him, the other people in the band had canceled the practice. So it was just me and Brandon sitting around a warehouse with a bunch of instruments. And, um, you know, he was a very curious guy and he actually had me sit down on the piano and I showed him some things that I'd been working on. And, you know, he was a very good saxophone player, but, uh, he was curious to learn about, uh, you know, what I was doing. And I, uh, you know, I asked him if I could interview him and he said, of course. And I, 
talked to him for two hours about what it was like growing up in uh, in New Orleans and finding his way into the brass band culture. And he was very conflicted with it. He had a, uh, you know, his parents, his dad was a police officer. Oh. And I didn't find this out till later. But, um, you know, I'm glad that I have that uh, that experience talking to Brandon and writing his story down because uh, uh, two two years after that, um, he was he was shot and he was killed oh. on Mother's Day in front of his uh, mother of his son's house. And it was very tragic. And, um, you know, it was uh, as far as, you know, blows to the New Orleans music community. He was working with Wilbur Rollins. Wow. As a, uh, as a band teacher. Uh-huh. And um, for Brandon's funeral, uh, they took all the high school brass bands out and everybody played for it. And it was, um, you know, that was something that he wanted. And it was, um, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, uh, you know, it's hard to underestimate the, they're overestimate the, the loss of potential, you know, from Brandon being gone. He was just so he he was a you know he was a brass band saxophonist, and he was down with the the, the nittiest grittiest hip hop. Yeah. But he also he loved Kenny G's vibrato, and he wasn't afraid to say <laughs> so. He was uh, always open to um, jamming with other people. Brandon uh-huh. would bring in. Um, he was bringing in uh, what one of my friends um, was a doctor at uh, at. Um, uh, the hospital down there and he would come out and jam with Brandon on saxophone. He was always bringing violinists and all sorts of uh, oh, really? different influences in on it. But um, yeah, TBC brass band is still rolling. Oh, we should play something. Oh, so you, okay. So there's something, uh, if you go to the, um, Sid, a sidewalks, what is it? Sidewalk Saints. Yeah, sidewalk Saints. Com. I, I was lucky enough to have, uh, some of the performers who were included in the book, yeah. uh, contribute, um, one track to an online album. You can go to right. sidewalksaints.com and you can download uh, a track from, I think it's like 10 different street performers there. Right. And it's um, it's a great collection of music from that era. And uh, you're not going to be disappointed if you check it out. Oh, this right. is, uh, the song is called A Bungo. A Bungo. And it's uh, off TBC's first album. All right, let's have it. Let's have it. Ah, there
Uh, yo, yo, the TBC Brass Band here at Cynic with Jan Luca here at Radio Free Brooklyn. And that is from a um, uh, sidewalksaints.com, uh, which is where you can order the book from uh, my guest who's sitting with me today here at Sitting with Jan Luca, Jim Flynn. Uh, Sidewalk Saints, which is a um, uh, collection of, how would you describe it's it? A, it's a photo book about uh, New Orleans street performers. All right. I spend. Uh, about three years uh, interviewing people and taking pictures and um, asking them how they, um, you know, about their philosophy towards music and uh, their approach towards their art yeah. and um, their ideas about the city of New Orleans. And uh, it's it's interesting to see this the story of the city told by people um, who aren't necessarily in the spotlight. There's a, there's a real strong sense of uh, of community in New Orleans that that kind of kind of shies away from uh, you know being embodied by the superstar persona. You know, there's, um, mm. there's lots of musicians in new Orleans who are well known only to musicians and uh, yeah. are absolutely essential to the, to the scene there. And, um, you know, it's like, uh, people, uh, people do it because they love it in new Orleans. Well, 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 well uh, <laughs> no one actually got to new Orleans and told musicians that they were artists. But one of the things that I always find extremely funny in new Orleans is that there's no backstages in new Orleans. Like even in the big-ish places uh, like Tipitina's, which I don't know, holds, I don't know, 1,200 people, 1,500. There's actually no backstage. Like the musicians uh, who are pretty well-known just sort of, sort of like hanging out. And you go to the Howling Wolf and the main act, they're sort of ha- hanging out. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I ran into Alan Toussaint on the streets a couple of times, yeah, yeah, listening yeah. to the brass bands. Um was actually to get a get a quick interview off Dr. John. Um, uh-huh. He was passing through the, the piano warehouse that I lived in. Um he was actually uh, hanging out with one of the sculptors who who worked there, and um, yeah, you're actually if you're if you live in New Orleans for any time, you're gonna you're gonna talk to everybody. Yeah, talk to everybody uh, there's yeah. really not a hierarchy there. It's just you just get used <laughs> to seeing, uh, you know, if you're, um, you know, uh, at, at the grocery store and you see Doctor John, it's not like a, a great big deal. Or if you see, um, uh, no, it's not a great big. Well, yeah. but but the other thing that I just find very very funny is that um, even when they in the in the in the one time when they are actually kind of a superstar, which is when they're actually playing a gig in front of people that are paying a, 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 a fair amount of money to see them in a big-ish place, like, I don't know, the Hounding Wolf or Tipitina's, which, what would you say that holds? 1,200? Am I right about that? Yeah. 900, 1,200? Mm-hmm. So that sort of size. And uh, But there's no backstage, so <laughs> they're just sort of hanging out. And I remember once I was... Uh, Ivan Neville was headlining at the Howling, and it was packed, right? Uh, but there's no backstage. He was just on the street, and I was on the street talking to him. And some woman came up and asked him for tickets. He said, well, what's playing tonight? And uh, can I get a ticket? And uh, Ivan Neville said, um, oh, uh, no, I'm the wrong person to ask. Uh, I'm playing. <laughs> I thought it was lovely. It was a sold-out show. So there's sort of something like music is not really a, an artistly pursuit it's yeah. just sort of like meat and potatoes you just sort of it's it. great as music journalists because there's no place for them to hide from you you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna get your interview <laughs> yes indeed there is no place to hide but the other thing about sidewalk saints is that um you you chose not to uh put your like you chose not to put yourself into it or do any explanation yeah, all the stories it's are told them. uh in first person through yeah. the words of the person that i interviewed um, you know, I did have my own experience going to New Orleans and living with cool people and, um, you know, meeting lots of uh, radical journalists and, and playing music, too, with other people. Right. But I, this definitely wasn't a book that was about me 
And, um, you know, I was, I was able to meet so many, yeah. um, so many amazing musicians that I, it seemed like it would be a little bit of an intrusion to put my own little folksy no, but, forays into it. Yeah, you, but you even elected, no, I mean, I, I don't mean to write about yourself in it, but even to put it in, uh, uh, to sort of maybe the history of New Orleans or, the, or explaining the neighborhoods, you just let the musicians tell their stories. Some of them are very, um, like, there's a lot of, some of them have a bit of redemption, right? There's, I absolutely, remember there was one, okay, yeah, what's that? one of uh, one of my yeah. favorite stories of, of, of the, someone that I interviewed playing on the streets was a woman named Big Mama Sunshine. And uh -huh. Big Mama, she's in her uh, late seventies, and she had a little Yamaha keyboard that she would bring down yeah. in front of uh, the Rouses. I believe it's a different supermarket now, but on Royal Street in St. Louis, she would come out there and she would wear um, Southern Church lady clothes and. She was from a uh, dry county in, in the panhandle of Florida, oh. and she had grown up um, with, with a very, very abusive upbringing. Mm. And music was something that allowed her to um, move out into the world and tell her story and share her joy oh, with right. the world. Um, so, oh, so she ran away and got to New Orleans. She, yeah, she, you know, living in, in Florida, she, um, she was a hairdresser for many years uh -huh. and, and she loved that. And she, it was a dry County. So she would be the center of, uh, of entertainment. And she, of course she played mostly, um, church music yeah. and, um, coming to new Orleans and playing on the street liberated her to play all those, uh, ah! all those, all those songs that she had heard and she had practiced, but hadn't really had a space for Hey, wasn't there, um, there wasn't there a story of. Uh, and now I forgot the instrument. I, I want to say trombone player, but he was, um, uh, but he, was he not talking about how he might have been in prison if he hadn't been saved by his brass, by his horn, right? Is that yeah, in a uh, bell? Keith, Am I getting Keith that right? Wolf Anderson. Okay, we'll go. He What's was, it? um, he was, um, you know, definitely one of the early players who, um, played with Rebirth Brass Band and, uh -huh. um, he had come from Chicago and moved to New Orleans and, um, playing the horn was something that, allowed him to do things other than, uh, you know, just be on the street with, um, without much opportunities. Oh, right. And, uh, you know, uh, and he, um, he actually was, um, very, very good at being on the street and very uh. good at, at making money playing trombone on the street. Ah, uh. <laughs> yes, you gotta be hard. <laughs> well, in New Orleans, there's a super high bar too. So you gotta be really hard on the hustle, right? Absolutely, absolutely. To be able to go out on the streets of New Orleans and make a hundred dollars, you have to be a very good performer. <laughs> and uh, to go out there with just a horn, yeah. Oh, he was just happen. a horn by yeah, himself just with a trombone. Um, oh, yeah, he Keith didn't is, have um, anyone back. Keith is him, one right? of the. Uh, Keith is one of the. He, Keith is. Uh, he'll play anything you want. Mm -hmm. If um, you say that you want to hear the theme song to the Dukes of Hazards, he'll do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you say that you want to hear um, New York, New York. Or yeah. whatever you want to hear, he'll do it. He's out there to please yeah. please the tourists, and he loves doing it, ah. and, and he's very good at it. <laughs> if you've just tuned in, by the way, wondered what 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 these two people are talking about, you are about half a of a way through uh, sitting with Jan Luca here at Radio Free Brooklyn dot com. Um, I'm Jan Luca. I'm here with you till seven p.m. And uh, sitting with me is Jim Flynn, who author. And musician, but in this capacity is author of Sidewalk Saints, which is a book, a wonderful book about um, about New Orleans uh, street performers uh, uh, from New Orleans and not from New Orleans. And I should also say that Radio Free Brooklyn is a community station. And being a community station, that means what? That means we're bloody broke. It absolutely means we're broke and we depend on support 
by and from listeners by you. Uh, uh, it's lovely that you're listening and it's great, but we need uh, we need shrapnel. If you have any spare shrapnel, drop it in a hat. That would be really cool. On the RadioFreeBrooklyn.com uh, website, there is any number of ways that you can donate and help us out. Our lights do flicker. We're a community station, which means we're also teaching uh, uh, kids um, to do this to uh, talk on the radio and become media literate and all that. Any money you put in, by the way, I always get these up. How do you say that, Jim? 501c3pok? What's that tax deductible thingy? I think it's the R2D2637309. <laughs> there you go. It's uh, 501c, I think is what it's called. Um, so you get your money back. And uh, yeah, there's any n- number of ways. I'm going to shake Jim down before he leaves and like try and steal a couple of quarters off him. He's a, he's an author and a musician, so I probably won't get much. But uh, anyway, <laughs> we should play something right now that I've. Uh, um, we can either play something from your book, or you want to play something, or uh, 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 let's. Well, I don't know. It's up to you. Well, you are invited back, so you can. I, I'm going to leave it up to you. Do you want to um, play something yourself, or do you want to play something from New Orleans street musicians? Why don't we listen to Big Mama Sunshine? Oh yeah, this is let's actually. Do, um, oh, you've got her. Yeah, actually, let's do this. This is actually a track that I recorded myself. Okay. Oh, um, all right. Nice. Yeah, Big Mama had never recorded any music because she was worried that um, people would uh, would manipulate her. So I was living with my. Uh, I was visiting New Orleans and staying in my friend Danny's house uh-huh. up in the seventh ward, and I was able to convince Big Mama to get into a cab with her little Casio recorder, and I recorded this on two tracks in a shotgun apartment on my friend Danny's bedroom. Oh wow! Um, sorry, Danny. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for hanging out in the living room. And um, yeah, yeah, my friend uh, uh, is uh, my friend Brent, who's on tour with uh, Jeff Lewis. Mixed it, so it's uh, actually got like a full music. Uh, oh, look at that! Oh, there she is. Yeah, lovely, Big Mama Sunshine. And what's this? Jambalaya. Oh, like that? That jambalaya? Like the actual song? I know this one. All right, here we go. Big Mama Sunshine.
of their places are worse. goodness that was uh well you 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 uh that was big mama sunshine there jambalaya the classic classic louisiana song and uh that was uh that was recorded by my guest here at sitting with jan luca my guest jim flynn yeah nice nice going it sounds really good yeah it was great to uh to have a chance to sit down with big mama and uh <laughs> You know, she knocked out about, um, you know, 10 songs, and it was all just off this little Casio. And um, yeah, we had, I actually had access to a piano, and I asked her if she wanted to record on a regular piano. And she said, oh, no, I oh, could never like record on, on a piano because <laughs> she, she, uh, she loved the sounds on her Casio. She loved the um, – she could turn it into an electric piano. It was just like the best thing for her. It was an immediate improvement. This Ooh. is a woman who had played uh, traditional pianos for 50 years. Is she still and, alive, um, do you think? Do you think she's still alive? You know, I haven't been living in New Orleans for a while, uh, so I don't know exactly what's up uh, with Big Mama these days. If you want to see a picture you can, uh, of Big Mama Sunshine, you can go to uh, Jim Flynn's website, SidewalkSaints.com. You can also order the book, which is really good. Um, so anyway, there's a, a... Do you know who wrote the introduction to the book? <laughs> I should actually fess up to that. In the interest of full disclosure, I, yours truly wrote the introduction of the book. It's bloody good introduction, isn't it, Jim? What is the introduction like? It was great. Um, I have some people who bought the book and just said that the introduction was uh, just the best part of it. The best part and, of it, um, right? Yeah, they didn't even get to page three, did they? Yeah, you, if you walk around New Orleans, you actually find lots of copies of the books with just the introduction torn out and the rest of the book just sitting on uh, on Royal Street. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I have seen I have seen just the introduction framed in, in the Museum of Modern Art here in Manhattan, I have seen. It is it is quite quite spectacular. It, absolutely spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we we uh, we've got uh, all right. We've got about fifteen or so minutes uh, left. Um, um, you got your half. Should we? Yeah. Uh, should we uh, give the folks? Fo- yeah. Let's. Uh, you Definitely, are also um, a musician. I have wanna, outed you. Do as- a little do a little live music here. I know that. Um, yeah. This is um, uh, you know, a Br- Brooklyn public internet radio station, and like the stakes are high, and this could yeah, be. Um, they are. This could make or break me, but um. <laughs> You know, in keeping with the New Orleans theme, I'm going to play a song that I that I wrote when I was living in New Orleans. All right, and it kind of makes me a little nostalgic for it. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. If I could just go back to old New Orleans. In the summertime And see you once again To reminisce as friends To stroll along The old 
City's my disease And when I took off for the bright lights I left my heart in paradise indeed So you found another love And I can only say I'm happy for you, girl I hope he knows you're fine Like Uptown Creole wine I hope he loves you, girl If I could just go back to old New Orleans In the summertime and here on Royal Street The city sing itself to sleep Then I would sing along And maybe you'd come strolling along But for now I'll keep rolling on Oh, oh, that made me all... Oh, that turned me into a nice guy momentarily there, Jim. I almost feel a nice guy. That's good. There's still there's still beauty in the world, man. You know, hold on to it. Hold on to it whenever it comes to you, you know? Now I'll go back to being a total spanner in a few minutes. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that was that was by my guest, Jim Flynn, here at Sitting with Jan Luca. It is about, ooh, 10 minutes to 7. And um, uh, I should say, if you want to get in touch with me, yours truly, uh, I'm around on Instagram, Sitting with GT. And if you want to send me an email, I'll reply to all the emails sitting with at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. If you want to get hold of uh, Jim Flynn's book, SidewalkSaints.com, the book is called Sidewalk Saints. If you want to get hold of his book just to read the introduction, which I hear is brilliant, um, <laughs> you could do that at Sidewalk Saints. And um, yeah, and like that. Anyway, uh, well, it's a, I have to say, I, I know I'm goofing around because I did the book, but, but I did the intro, but I am joking around. It is a super, um, you know, New Orleans history has not really, people have started going there a lot post Katrina. And, um, but it, it, it never really had a big shake um historically like not a whole lot have been written about um new orleans sort of between the cracks the sort of musical street side of new orleans you might be one you might actually be the only person that's written about street musicians in new orleans do you think do you have any idea it's an unfair question to ask because yeah it, it might yeah, it's, a, it's a great question i spent a lot of time in the new orleans public library and um there are some uh, accounts written of see the, the scene being on Bourbon Street and Royal Street is relatively new. It, it used to be on what was it Beale Street, right? Uh, oh, that's uh, and, Memphis. Um, or Memphis. No, not, not Beale Street. Um, what is what is the other one? The Basin Street it used to be on Basin. Oh Street. yeah, yeah. You're talking the in, in the in the twenties um, and in the jazz yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah in the, the jazz area, era. it was very. And they had something called spasm bands. Uh huh. And their whole idea was that they were very. Um, 
it was much of a performance piece and they played with tremendous amount of energy. It sounds like, I wish there's no recordings that exist of them, but it sounds like pretty punk rock. Oh yeah. The yeah, spasm yeah. bands of the day. Oh, interesting. Um, I, I, oh, so what's, so what are spasm bands? Why spasm bands? What are spasm mm, bands? They played, well, a lot of, uh, a lot of the, um, the instruments that created jazz were, were left over from the civil war bands. Uh, okay. And, um, so they would get together and, and play play these instruments sometimes in, in a joking manner, not like in a, a classical manner, not mm. in a very serious manner. And um, oh. the whole idea was to, um, you know, sometimes they would play them very loud and uh, <laughs> get crowds, and they would they would be integrated dancing with it. I'm, I'm sure it was fantastic. It's, um, huh. you know, street performance is not anything that's new. No, 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 no. It's not anything that's new. Uh, well, certainly in the un- well, no, it's not anything that's new. Been around since the beginning of time. But New Orleans um, street musician is very, very uh, well. Just New Orleans music is very different. Well, I, I said at the beginning, but actually, I, I, um, I, I got the words wrong. I said all black urban music comes from New Orleans. I should have said all black urban music has its roots from New Orleans, because obviously house music and hip-hop and stuff come from different parts of the States. But the roots of any black urban music comes really from New Orleans, either from jazz or R&B or funk or, you know, the meters or any of those guys, or just the African drumming that was going on at Congo Square, Uh, uh, because New Orleans was the only place where where the um, Africans, African population was allowed to play drums. On Sundays, right? So, hence, all those cool, funky drum patterns that they all do down there that no one else The rhythms are amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, a bunch of cultures down there that just came together in the sweetest spot and made the sweetest music. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Oh, good, we got three minutes. Well, Teens Take the Mic is on in a little bit, so we're going to have to wind it down. Um, We can, uh, let me see, there is something that I might uh, 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 have to play. Um, Okay, three minutes, 17. No, that's good. Perfect timing, because this is smooth live radio. Um, So, (laughs) anyway, my guest has been Jim Flynn. Anyway, thank you, Jim. This is very, very cool. Are you got, by the way, do you have any gigs coming up? You play a bunch of instruments. Um, I play the harp at various different nursing homes in the Rockaways. All right. Um, you can catch me sometimes in Tompkins Square Park. All right. Oh, busking. Yeah, it's busking season coming up now. Now, oh, now I'm out and you as a street musician. So it's fun. It's a good time. <laughs> I'm going to start winding down. Um, um, if you want to get hold of Jim, Jim Flynn's book, Sidewalk Saints, you go on to sidewalksaints.com. Teens Take the Mic is on in just a minute, uh, or just six minutes. And Sam is probably going to get here any, any minute or two now. I will say if you want to get in touch with me, it's sitting with, uh, at radiofreebrooklyn.org. I reply to all emails and play all requests. Um, and I also, uh, Instagram is sitting with GT. I should also say, if you want more of me, if you want more of me, um, I will be filling in for Dr. Lisa tomorrow at 2 p.m. The show is Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And um, I will be giving a shit tomorrow inst- uh, uh, to, because Dr. Lisa couldn't make it. I'm going to be having um, a, a band called uh, Gift Shop in. Well, I'm going to ha- be having the singer and the songwriter from Gift Shop. They're a Queens all uh, indie punky band who are really bloody good um so uh join me if you feel like it two to three 
p.m. here at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Um, I will be uh, I, I will be Dr. Lisa for that hour. And I'm going to sign out, well, with a couple of songs, but the first one from Gift Shop. This is the band that I'm going to be um, talking to tomorrow. So let me try and get this up. Let's see if this works. Oh, and thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Honestly, I mean that.
time. 